This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I'm Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. And Nick Canton is back again for question time. Nicholas, welcome. Thank you for having me. Good to be here. Yes, I'm sure it is. But before we get to question time, we've, of course, got the conclusion, the thrilling conclusion to our Coltrane Cup tipping competition, Mitchell. And on the line, we have the winner, Matthew Duggan. Hello. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm doing well, mate. Uh, first of all, congratulations. Um, you All you had to do in the last week was um, fade the Warriors winning by a lot, and instead they lost by a lot. So, Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah. There's a lot of flukes along the way, but yeah. Yeah, I what were you one and two? You started the season one and two, right? Yeah, taking the Broncos against the Titans like mid-year is pretty much what turned it around because that kind of let me get the Tigers pick later on as well. Yeah, talk to us about that pick because that I feel is the one that really won you the the, the competition. Yeah, well, I just saw everyone going Tigers. I was coming tenth. I mean, going Broncos. I mean, then I figured might as well just go the opposite. So yeah, zig when everyone zags, and it worked out because obviously the Tigers won that game, and from there I think you you won every time, right? Yeah, I think I won round four through to the end. So <laughs> didn't think I was going to get the last week, but yeah. And um, we've also got the man whose lunch you took, Nick Campton's here. Because <laughs> he joined us, he he dropped out. I've He's made, back. I've made it back. I've made it back. The O one Eels of the Coal Train Cup have returned to uh, bow before our betters. Yep. Um, so yeah, obviously there was nothing you could do this week, Camper. You had to take the same team as Matt because both of you had left the Bulldogs till the last week. Um, will you be seeding uh, your status as the most knowledgeable Raiders fan in the NRL Boom Rookies universe? Over to him now. I'm I'm afraid I must, especially given that my own faith in the Raiders is what undid me. Yes, having faith in the boys <laughs> well. Penrith to play Penrith is what shafted me and. Matthew was clearly too clever to be that much of a fucking idiot. So <laughs> I got a bow down. I got no choice. Well, we, we both took L's on the Raiders, so don't feel too bad about it. Which, well, which, when one, did you take which one did you call? Oh, the, the bloody Warriors, Warriors game, the first round game, three. When yeah. they got hosed by Henry Perrineau. Okay. Oh, no, see, that, that's, a, that's a good pick. That's just bad luck because yeah. everybody got injured and they got hosed, bro. I took him. There's two good teams in the competition. I took them on the road against one of them. Hey, we're at least half like, a good team. I should get why should get my fucking head examined, honestly. I did ask yeah. you, like, no joke, 15 times before the pick was finalized, are you sure you want to do this? And you replied, like David Putty, gotta support the team every time. <laughs> gotta support the team. Exactly. Yeah. And you did. And it cost you everything. Yep. Well, it's like I, I think you said on the show last week that um he was undone by his irrational faith in the Canberra Raiders. And like honestly, that's my that's on me, Tombstone. <laughs> killing me. You know what I mean? I'll dive into traffic. How did Nick end up homeless? I went halves with. How did Nick end up homeless? I went halves with Jack White on a fucking Thermomix scheme. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, ah, damn it. Thought we'd get rich selling vitamins. Yeah. Fuck. So uh, we'll ask Matt. So we've, you've obviously, you, so you've won. The main thing you want is grandfather tickets that don't yeah. exist, essentially. But you do kind of you you could have kind of been in the region, maybe it happens. But I'm guessing you want to parlay that into something else. But we have got a additional prize we'll be sending you. So we are getting you a Coltrane Cup Dave Taylor bobblehead, <laughs> uh, Dave Taylor style. So you get the official winner. We're getting you 
We didn't want to announce it earlier because we were trying to wait for who won, but it'll be Canberra Raiders style. We're waiting to place the order, see who won. Because obviously if someone else won, they want a Canberra Raiders jersey, Dave Taylor. You'll get that sense here. And I don't know, I think I'm probably giving, I'm only, we're only copying two uh, glasses because only two people beat me at Bungard. So I guess we can give him a <laughs> skewy as well. Yep. And Campo can actually have the glass, so. Yeah, awesome! Yeah, I can't wait to it. I can't wait to knock it over or drop it somehow. You do like yes. knocking things over, so I guess the option is like, do you want it? Because you obviously don't live in Sydney. Is there something else you'd want over the grand final? Or we can just like get a Raiders jersey or something next year if you want. It's the same, but next year like, he doesn't live in Sydney. Yeah, yeah, I don't really know the grand final tickets. To me, it's probably like it ends up more of an expense anyway. Oh, to true. Get there, Good so. <laughs> All right. Okay. Raiders we'll, merchandise. We'll, we'll negotiate. We'll negotiate off air. We'll. Uh, I've got. What have I got? I've got a. I've got an old what, a kangaroos jersey and a, <laughs> a Raiders hat. Maybe a, a Maroons uh, scarf. Like we can put a package together. <laughs> yep. All right. Excellent. Well, Matt, once again, congratulations. And if you're listening to this, get involved next year. It is the most fun tipping comp you will ever play in. That is a fact. And anyone to and argue. I just want to ask Matt, before he goes, how much has your life changed between last Friday and today on the back of this achievement? Oh, it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me, obviously. <laughs> there you go. over maybe 150 odd people. You just, yeah. yeah. Money can't buy that. It's a big hey. field and you won. It's a, it's a big deal. Thankfully, this time around, I wasn't just happy to be here. Exactly. And um, <laughs> right, once again, if you want to be involved next year, you've got to be a patron, patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. All right, Matt, thank you so much for coming on. No worries. Cheers, guys. And without any further ado, let's get into the questions. Are you serious? Yeah. We're going to have any questions. Okay, question time. Over on patreon.com for us, NRLBoom Rookies, you would like to get your question answered on the program. First up, Jairo is the 11th best middle. Still stuck to his name, old Jack Cronin. He asks, Nick, Canberra Raiders therapy session. Let it all out. I want to tear up while listening. Thoughts on Jack Whiten? Thoughts on Ricky Stewart? Is it our fault Jack Whiten didn't play well this season? Is the answer to get rid of every senior player just because are we allowed nice things? Will Josh Papali ever get the premiership he deserves? Thanks, Jack. That's a very handsome question, Jack. Look, uh, most of the most of the concerns about about and the and the the analysis of Canberra's fall from grace this season are in that first episode from earlier this week where I talked about their game against the Roosters and Jack you and me both know that both of us have cried enough tears over the last seven days I don't want to do that to you again I do want to touch on two two things though one of them is is, is Jack Whiten Jack Whiten is a, a very good player for the Raiders and he has been for for some years now in a variety of different roles having said that he has never been one of like my guys the way that like Josh Papali is or Jared Croker is or Josh Hodgson is. And the reason for that is I I don't think Jack Whiten has improved as a footballer over the last four years, maybe. I know he had that great season in 2019 at 5'8 and won the Dally M last year. But even then I feel like a triumphs of natural ability as an athlete and instinctive play more than setting anything up properly. And given where he is in his career, 10 years He's in nearly 200 first grade games. That's a really concerning sign. I think Jack Whiten is able to skate by a little bit because Canberra can escape a little bit of notice down there in the ACT. If Jack Whiten was at a Sydney club this year, he would have had strips torn off him week after week after week in a way that 
in a way that would have been quick and brutal and would have brought about some sort of change. He might have played reserve grade. He might have gotten benched. Something would have something would have gone awry. I don't really know if what's happened down there with him can get fixed because he is at a point of his career where it has been so long since he improved. I don't know how much improvement is is really left in him. And that's not to say he doesn't try hard. It's not to say that he doesn't apply himself. I felt like at that really tough period, maybe about a month ago, in the weeks after that, you could see how much he really was really trying to involve himself and really rip in in effort areas like kick, chase, and defense and all that. But something I felt like really summed up his season was the game against Manly a few weeks ago where the Raiders went down by a point and pretty much ended their own their own finals hopes there. So Whiten had an okay game that night. Not a great game, but an okay game. His first half in particular, I thought was one of his best first halves in a while. But right at the end of the game when the Raiders got that got that penalty and had a shot at field goal from 45 metres to win the match, it wasn't Jack Whiten, the million-dollar player, the Dalian winner, the man of the match in the grand final, the most, the, the, the second longest serving player on the field after Josh Rapali. It wasn't him that took the ball with, when the game was on the line. It was Jordan Rapana. Jack Whiten was nailed out on his left edge where he always stays. He wasn't in the middle. He, didn't, he, he wasn't demanding the ball when the game was on the line. And I think that shows the limitations of him as a player and the, 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 the troubles that the Raiders have of really getting the best out of him. I think they nailed him to that left-hand side to try and simplify things for him. But I think instead it has really limited his effectiveness. He's capable of playing both sides of the field. He's done it a couple of times this year and looked good doing it, but he just doesn't do it enough. He doesn't go looking for the ball enough. He doesn't. Camp on games. He doesn't, he doesn't make the, and there's just limitations when a guy like that is your, is your best player and your most dominant playmaker i hope it can get fixed i don't know if it can and that's the really scary part the other thing that really worries me is Canberra's got a couple of really tough decisions to make coming up with um some of their older players jared croker and josh hodgson especially jared croker is my favorite rugby league player of all time and it's not and i can't even think of who second is that's how much i love jared croker there's a chance that he's gonna retire in the off season i think and it would really break my heart and it would break a lot of people's hearts if that split with the Raiders is ugly. And I think there's a chance it could be. I don't have any mail in this situation. I haven't heard anything either way. Jared Croker is a really, really good fella who loves the Raiders very much. And the Raiders love Jared Croker. But just seeing how the club has split in the last few years with a lot of its players, I'm worried that could sell. And I'm worried it could sell with Josh Hodgson as well, who I don't love as much as I do Jared Croker, but he's still one of my 10 favorite players ever. And the way that he transformed the club when he arrived in 2015 changed the trajectory and the history and, and, and where the club could be. It, it changed it in a very deep and fundamental way. What we say, it, what some of my friends, my Raiders supporting friends, Shark, Dave and Bones, what we say about Canberra sometimes is Canberra's a bit like a high school football team in the States where the, 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 the fans of the club feel very close to the players, almost in a familial kind of sense. They're very protective of them. It's why Canberra fans are so sensitive all the time if you come at any of their guys. It's a bit like it is with Newcastle, you know. They're, they're not just our players, they're our boys, you know. There's a, real sort of, there's a real sort of family element to it. And really heard about the way some of the exits have gone down is, is, is how that hasn't sort of been... That hasn't been maintained, and it's not maintained with Croker and Hodgson's exits from the club, which if they don't happen over this offseason, will happen in the next two or three years, definitely. That would be a real departure from what's been good about the club the last four or five years, and that would really, really hurt. 
And Jack, this hurts most of all. I don't think Josh Papali is going to win a premiership with Canberra because I think the window is closed and I think it takes them too long to retool to expect anything in the future. And to say it's another four years till they're back and firing and then it might be might be over for Big Papa. So I don't think it is going to... To conclude, life sucks and nothing ever gets better. Mm. Good answer. <laughs> Uh, next question, Cam Beswick. <laughs> Sorry. Well, there you go. <laughs> right. Yeah. Didn't, didn't want nothing. to bring the vibe down, but then I did. No, nothing to add to it, mate. You, you got your heart out there and a question for you. So good answer. Next question, Cam Beswick. Which team from the bottom eight are you the most excited for next year? Will any of them disrupt this year's top teams? Well, I've got to go with the team. Of the, no, I'm kidding. Um, the Bulldogs um, easily for me. They're the team that's going to have the most obvious um, changes personnel-wise from this year to next year, it's going to look like a completely different team to the one we saw yesterday. Sorry, on Sunday, I should say. Um, and yeah, uh, will they disrupt the top teams? No, but uh, could they make the top eight? Maybe. Why not? Um, other teams that missed the eight that I'm ex- excited for, like I'm not excited for Cam because they've been good while I, like in the last couple of years. Like I hope they do better for your sake, Camper, but I'm not particularly excited for their fortunes. Um, the Sharks, yeah, interesting how Fitzgibbon goes. I really like watching them play, so I'm pretty excited to see them back and, and hopefully with a little bit of less disruption next year. I think the Broncos, yeah, I still don't think they're quite there yet, but, but I'll be cheering for Adam Reynolds, so there's a lot to be excited about there. Uh, Cowboys, meh. And um, who have I forgotten? The Warriors. Ugh. I mean, again, depends on if they get to play at home or not. But so, yeah. So, is that all of them? Saints, so. did you mention? Oh, God, Saints? who cares? Jesus. Yeah, there you go. Uh, you know, the last time Canterbury missed the finals this many years in a row was like the 1960s. It's been a long time since they were this bad That's consistently. Wild. It'd be nice to see him bounce back a little bit. Bounce back to 14th because the Broncos are the team of the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there's some good signings there. I'm just excited for a lot of change at Canterbury. It's very rare you see a team bring in these, this many big-ish or you know, decent name signings one off season. It's hard for all to work out very, very quickly because of that, the lack of cohesion there. So I think it might be a bit of a slower burn than, than dogs fans would like, but there's something to be excited for there. And and for, for Brisbane fans and for me as well, obviously the, the, the main person everyone should care about in this, <laughs> this conversation. Now um, I think Brisbane are probably looking at that sixth to 10th range trajectory. And, you know, I think Reynolds, brings a lot of the things they're missing just the real simple stuff of you know knowing how to set supposed to finish and similar you know decent kicking game and hopefully coming the boys down but i think kurt capewell would be a real good signing for them too so i you know they're the only two of the big big signings and katoni stags fit will feel like a signing when he f- plays for us again and then carrigan comes back i guess but i think brisbane are back on the right path and have done better with the signings they haven't made the last few months than almost the ones I have. I know they've still made a couple of signings I'm not a big fan of, but they have dodged like 15 bullets who have, you know, people have called them up for, oh, I'll come back or I'll, you know, I'll offer the services up to come to Brisbane and get paid and they've done a pretty good job in, in dodging a lot of them. So, but yeah, just the vibe's going to be better there. The vibe check at Brisbane, that's it. But yeah, Bulldogs probably the biggest change. Oh, and also, sorry, he did say, will even disrupt this year's top teams? No. <laughs> nah. Cam's next question: Your worst, most, most annoying customer intera- interaction, fellow staff member, and boss from your retail working days. Um, yeah, people loved the retail chat from last week. By the way, loved it. Um, I only have like really, I only have like one really awful 
interaction with a customer um, that I can remember. Um, it involved him trying to jump over the counter and fight me, but it's not particularly exciting, unfortunately. Um, yeah, and we ended up being friends after that. No, so no, like this guy was an absolute dickhead. This is like some 40 year old, like fucking angry loser. But like, he came through the drive through and was like, oh, these fries aren't fresh. I literally, I saw him throw a fry at like a 15 year old girl who was serving him. And I was like, oh, God. Um, so I made him new fries, put him in a bag, gave the bag to, gave the bag to him. No, thank you. Anything just snatches the bag out of my hand. Um, drives away from the window, slams on the brakes in the waiting bay, storms inside and is like blowing up that these ones are stale as well. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm like so done with this. It's like 11 o'clock on a Monday night as well. I'm just like, I didn't even know what to say because like, I just made this guy French fries. Like, I don't really know what else to tell you. It's not a difficult process, fellas. You get the fries, you put them in the, the, the thing, put the thing in the oil, then you pull it out. That's, that's fry 101. Um, <laughs> And, um, that's why anyway, I call them fries look and listen, we're, we're in the trust here like I would never lie to you guys about something like this I might embellish things that happen but I wouldn't lie about um, like an interaction like this and I swear to god I'm making this guy his third fries of the while there's other customers in the store and I hear him mumbling or like going off he's going off he's, oh this is fucking bullshit this is the worst store this is a joke blah 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 and on my life on Link's life on everything I hold dear I turned and said, mate, if you don't like it, you can go somewhere else. That is all I said on my, on my life, word for word, what I said. He acted like I just called his mother a prostitute. <laughs> he's like, what the fuck? I was like 17 or 18 at the time as well. And he's like, what the fuck did you say, little fucking cut? Like tried to jump the counter and find me. Thank God the managers at the time had my back. It wasn't one of the like one or two that who I'd seen in similar situations involving a customer being a fuckwit and a worker taking the customer's side you know how some managers will do that because they're slime bags they're like um thankfully the manager on the time didn't do that he like grabbed the guy and like had to like restrain him and then eventually he just left um yeah i got like a warning the next day from like the regional manager and then i left mcdonald's like three weeks after that <laughs> this isn't um, this this maybe isn't as uh, explosive but my first job was working at a cinema like just ripping tickets and sweeping stuff up and all that and i was standing at the place like did you put you... porn in the film clips like in fight club no we tried we got a we tried to <laughs> hook a, 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 a the wii sports thing up to the projector oh, once nice. didn't really work but um i was ripping the tickets or whatever and you're meant to you know when people come to say oh hey how you going sort of like you know dap them up a little bit and the manager came over to me and said, oh, you're not smiling enough when you talk to people. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. Um, I'll try and smile more often. And then you about smile 20 more, minutes later, he, <laughs> he came back and he goes, you're not smiling enough still. I go, no, like you should, should have seen me that last time. Like I smiled all over the place. It was great. <laughs> and he goes, no, you always have to be smiling. I go, what do you mean? He goes, like, when you're just standing there, you have to smile all the time. So people know that to come up to you. So they're not afraid. And I was like, afraid? Are you serious, mate? And like, like, so I just got a stand here, like with like a crusty, big crusty, the clan. Like Lenny when he got the plastic surgery. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I guess so. I just got to smile every second I'm standing. This here. is yeah, the yeah, worst yeah, get day it now, of my man. life. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, Great look, managing. I, I had my. I told my worst manager story on here last week. Uh, I don't know if you have any bad customer ones, Mitch. Or oh, I've got heaps of stories. Um, I will. I won't go into bad. I'll just go a bit different. I, I had annoying customer interactions all the time working at Stripe Bowling. And I used to love being called as, can I speak to the manager? Because I was not on your side. I was not that manager who was on your side ever, like ever. So that was always fun. And you got that a lot because during the day, obviously you'd have mothers and kids and fathers and kids. And at night you'd have drunk fuckwits. So that was often. 
Kansas City manager. I used to love that. And no, it, it never ended up well for them most of the time. But one of the things I want to mention that was bizarrely common at, at strike bowling. If you've ever been to one of those places, like, you know, it's nighttime kind of setting. It's got a bar and they usually have laser tag in there or like escape rooms too. The, the real weirdly common thing was two people who would go and buy laser tag. And sometimes they would go and play laser tag. But there's a scoreboard outside. If no one was scoring points, they were scoring something else. <laughs> you oh. know, like, like it was common. If it was like nil all on the scoreboard, <laughs> your boy was scoring. You know, pew pew. He was, he was winning in the game of life. Let me tell you. Yeah, and it was always like, well, am I, do I have to go through this maze and stop him, or you just let him crack on? And it's it's a different kind of like, headshot. You just let him crack on. You know, but I think they realized that, like, they're all on camera. Like, it's this camera said the whole thing that it's got the night vision cameras. So I've done that. I've walked in on people going at it in, um, in the toilets, like disabled toilets often as well. That was a common thing. You wouldn't think yeah. it a bowling alley, but people just get towy anywhere. Don't they? A couple yeah. of years. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I do think pins, like, obviously McDonald's sucked, but I do thank God. Like it did. There was very, there wasn't much alcohol crossover. Yeah. Yeah, I've caught people like getting behind the bar and stealing drinks and drinking. But I like I loved kicking people out of the venue. That was really fun for me. One set of one set of yeah, ruining other people's night was good for Get me. Get him what off the shot. field. Um, there was once a dude who wasn't. I remember him just because he was really annoying. Who like was just trying to find a way to get free stuff and complained like every like three or four minutes to us. Like he'd come and like complain and go, "I don't like this song." And be like, okay. He's like, yeah, what are you going to do about it? It's like nothing, nothing that the song's going to play. He's like, oh, well, you're not going to like offer me something? It's like, no. No, no, I'm not, sir. And then he was like walking around. He's like, and he's like, come back a few minutes later. He's like, oh, look, the TV's not working on the lane next to us. I think we deserve a free game. Like, oh, my God. How do these people do walk you? around? Well, they must get them somewhere, right? We did that for like four or five Oh, I'm sure. That, I have no doubt yeah. that this guy goes up like, I'm no, I've no doubt that this works, but just because something yes. works, like it, it would work if I walked up to people at a train station and like pretended that I needed money for something. It would eventually work. That doesn't mean you should do it. Yeah, I um, I, I told you this one before, but I think I've told it here. I turned Russell Crowe away once. Oh yeah, you, I don't know if you said it on here. You've obviously told me. Yeah, so I, I was managing the one entertainment quarter for a while next to the stadium, and, and Russ, Rusty used to bring his kids in all the time. And they'd often do like three person laser tag, and the scores would go up. Well, <laughs> um, okay, yeah, <laughs> that's why they played. And but there was, you know, every now and then it would be nights that it was fully booked out or whatever. And one day, like that was two levels. And one day I got a call from the downstairs counter as a manager, like, oh, Mitch, can you come down here or whatever? You know, come down. We, you know, laser tags booked out and this guy wants a game. I was like, oh, whatever. It's booked out. I come down. And I was like, I didn't even really look at him. And he's in his like hobo get up as he does his, his covert one. And he was like in, in, there's supposed to be a, like a dress code there at night. How lame. But he's in like uh, thongs with his long, gross hair, or whatever. And I'm not even really looking at him. And I come down, like, what's the deal? I was like, oh, she's like this guy. And like, you know, it gives me the eyes to look at him. So, or this, it would like a, a game of laser tag, but there's no rooms. Are you able to move anything around? And I was like, no, <laughs> like, I'm not moving anything around. And, and then I was like, look, I look across, I'm like, plus, like, sorry, Matt, sir, but there's like a dress code here. And like, you can't. And you can't play laser tag in those after 9 p.m. And he just took it like a champ and walked away. And then he ha- and she's like, do you know who that was? She said to the girl sister, I'm like, 
I don't know who that was. She's like, oh, that was Russell Crowe. Oh, well, fucking thanks. Thanks for telling me this guy wants a game. But yeah. And Russell Crowe got That's you what... back by stealing Wayne Bennett. So yeah. Well, he came that. back many a times after that. To be fair, he took it fine. But yeah. Then I was and I was like, do I chase him down and be like, sorry, like, you know, fuck it. Can't do that. Um, what else did I have? I worked when I was like 15 through 18, I worked at an Italian restaurant and restaurants you get great complaints. Like, like the amount of time people return food, they put too much salt on. You just want to go back and throw the plate at them. Like, fuck, it really gets you. Um, did once have a snobby lady there. It was like 8 p.m. on like a Wednesday and we had separate kitchens. That I wasn't in the pizza kitchen. I was in the other kitchen. But um, she, this lady orders like three medium pizzas or whatever, you know? With with her friends and they go to make and they hadn't made any they had no uh, medium pizza bases left so the pizza kitchen decided to make her large pizzas instead. Yeah. Um. So she got free pizza. Yes, she did. And they make because they had no medium. They need to rise and whatever before they can roll them out. So they make the large pizzas and take them out to the counter. I have no idea what's happened at this point because that's the separate pizza kitchen. But I'm in the normal kitchen, like cleaning down. And <laughs> like. Out of nowhere, a pizza just comes flying through the window, like through what? the service window. <laughs> like, she's just tossed it. Like, I don't know if she meant to like launch it, but she like probably went to like, f- like throw it onto like the, the counter at the top. But it's like going through the counter and like just going through and smashed all over the floor. And she yells, Excuse me. I ordered medium pizzas. She yells like just into the void. So what that was the normal. Fuck? Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's like, t- and then she's like, Take them away, like come get the other two and take them away. Okay, so that was normal, <laughs> very normal stuff, <laughs> very normal thing to do. Like, I want less pizza, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably, much pizza. yeah, yeah. I probably All stopped right. there, but I have a million strikes. Oh, we could honestly, I think we could do off season retail horror stories chat. I think it's probably yeah. worth its own podcast. We've got so many of them. Um, six again. If NRL was like NFL and players only played one side of the ball, how many more years would Benji play for, and who else would benefit? Well, two or three at least. Who else would it benefit? Um, Dave Fafita is an obvious yeah, one. Mate, Dave Fafita, huge. Um, defensive side of the ball. There's, I think, guys like Cam McInnes. I think just play defense. Um, who else is really to- handsome? Toby can only play offense. Um, Scotty Drinkwater, yeah. surely. Yeah, yes. he leads the league in missed tackles, so that's probably a good shout. <laughs> um, Alex Johnson never cared for defense. Not here for it. Not here for catching. Yeah, but I don't, know if, I don't know if there's a role in the NFL for just standing still and watching everyone else do things. And look, then if the Julian ball. Edelman can get 15 <laughs> touchdowns a year with Brady yeah. and Belichick pulling the strings, I think I think AJ would be fine. Yeah, mate. Kyle Felt definitely. He's one of those wacky guys who went over there and punted. He's like yeah. the Aussie punter who does the goal kicking as well. He'd yeah. he'd he'd be a dream at that. Um, who could play one side of the ball? Who else? Uh, who else is just really good at? I'd love defending? to see Brian Toro as a running back. By the way, you're missing. I think you're misunderstanding the question. I know, but as attack, I'm not just understanding. I'm just going with it. Right. <laughs> you know? Okay. And I'd love to see that. You know. Yeah. Alex, that would be fun, Alex, yeah. Alex Tall. There you go. There's another one. Yeah. yeah. Can barely run the ball. Tackles like a demon. Well, I go. mean, there's the Trell could get away with what he does one on one in the backfield. That's there, true. Those, they would be celebrated. <laughs> Don't go across I mean, the middle when Trell's lurking. It's free exactly safety. Right, mate. Much. He'll take you take your fucking head off. You don't go across the middle. Exactly right. You throw your receivers open when Trell's at the back there and playing safety. Yeah, exactly. You know? 
Uh, oh, kick out. That'd be a good one. Yep. Okay, anyway. Next question. Uh, oops, I tabbed to the wrong question. Anyway, Matt Coleman. Matt Coleman. Campos. Oh, Campos, sorry. He Jesus. calls you. As a long-time Tony Milford truther, give us some takes. In particular, why he was set up to fail at Brisbane and how good it was seeing having one last sick time, sick time of it before he leads South to 2022 Premiership. P.S. I miss you. <laughs> um, look, I think... Look, Milford's not entirely blameless for what happened in Brisbane. You know, he got a million dollars a season and that's a lot of money. And when you get that sort of money, you've got to make certain, certain commitments with your performance and with, you, and with your commitment to the team and to yourself. But I also think he got set up to fail a little bit in that he never really had a halves partner that complimented him. And I never really think he had the temperament to carry the entire city of Brisbane on his shoulders. And maybe nobody can sort of carry that weight. No one's ever really had to since Darren Lockyer retired. No one's ever really done it that well. But I think Milford also wore a lot of cheap shots and Milford got tried to, they tried to turn him into something that he wasn't. They tried to turn him into a controlling sort of halfback when he never should have had to, to do something like that. So he wore a lot of shots and he probably could have given a little bit more, particularly over the last couple of years, but things soured and things sour sometimes. And that's just the way it goes. But I think Milford for long stretches of the last two years has just looked really miserable. Like he looks like he doesn't mm-hmm. enjoy his football. He doesn't enjoy playing footy. And we lose sight sometimes that footy's a game and games are meant to be played because they're fun. And when Milford's playing well, he looks like he's having fun. And that sort of makes your heart sore a little bit. Like it did with Chris Sando when he was doing well. He loved playing footy and he loved playing well. And it was nice just before he goes off to Souths and everything changes and maybe he'll never be the player that we all thought he could be. It was just nice to see him have one last good time in Brisbane, his city, with all his people in the stands on a nice sunny day, playing good footy with his mates and having fun with it, you know. So that was just nice to see. I always really liked Milford when he was at Canberra. And I hated him I hated him at Brisbane at the start because he went to Brisbane. I wanted him on my team because he was the sort of player that just lifts your spirit. And um, it was just nice to see him do well for his team one last time. Yeah, I I was at one point a lot on that South to fail wagon a number of years ago after the Ben Hunt stuff and similar that Anthony Milford has to own a lot of what Anthony Milford's been the last couple of years. You know, the, he has been out of shape for a, a number of years and who's to blame for that. You know, like hasn't set himself up really, really prepared very well, has not been great away from home, away from Brisbane. And you can say that a fail you want, but a lot of the games when he was given opportunities to succeed, he, he failed himself as well. He failed to step up in some big moments for them over the last couple of years He'd had games where we were in them or there was things left to his hands that he could, you know, he could have influenced the outcome of the game in the right way and he did not. You know, he had games earlier this year that they gave him opportunity again. He's, he had lots of opportunity at Brisbane and he got taken over for a minute this year, but he was disgraceful to start of this season. The, you know, he was playing near the level of the worst half of the competition and then there's no one to blame for that at some point. Then where does the buck stop? You know, no, you can true. only blame no, things around him at some point. That's true. That's true. But I think part of the reason it turned yeah. so bad, like it's not, it's like when things got really bad, he got really bad, but that's it. It, it. it wasn't entirely his fault that things got to the point where they started turning really, really bad. Oh yeah. You know? I, I, have... I think, I think, and obviously you're much closer to it than I am, but I think at the start of it, Brisbane set up him, set him up to fail. And then by the end of it, he was setting himself up to fail. I was just yeah, happy I to see him have that. one last good time. Same. And, um, you know, that's why, even though it's nice to see play like that, it's like there's a reason why Brisbane not running it back. Like, you can't, the season was over. The pressure is off him. 
we hadn't left Brisbane for a while and he had three good games in a row. Like it's, it's done in Brisbane, you know, it's done there. Hopefully he recaptures something at South with less pressure. And the, the contract gone is, is massive for him because obviously there was weight that was carried with that expectation carried with that. No matter what you say about it, it was there. And the moment that's been lifted, it feels he, he played a bit more carefree the last few, last few games. But yeah, I was um mentioned in the prior podcast Whilst there's a lot of things winning against Milford, I was also done with seeing Milford make the same mistakes all the time as well. Like, can he just like stop dropping the ball and the play the ball? You're not a front row forward. You don't need to make a quick play the ball, mate. You know, like you don't generate ruck speed. But anyway, next question. Josh Brandon. In 2016, the Roosters lost Mitch Pierce for eight weeks to a sex slash dog scandal. Uh, they came 15th. This year is arguably a much more challenging one, yet they have finished fifth. What do you think has contributed to this change in fortune under significant adversity? Well, in 16, you got to remember they lost two of Astashek and Maloney as well. Yeah. And, like, they um, lost, like they had them in 15, they lost them in 16. And they bet on Jackson Hastings and Jaden Nicarima, and that didn't go great. Like, just, no, I don't, it's, it's not as simple a thing as they lost peers and everything fall apart. They were probably already going to fall apart. Yeah, and they had... Um, I had some young, the young guys have stood up this year as well, but they had a lot of young guys there who weren't ready to step up yet. I mean, like Joey Manu played what three or four games that year. The Trell played the the full season there. You said Jaden was thrusting at nineteen. Um, they had the the Joe Burgess and it was there at one point. They had um Ryan Madison, by the way, remember that? Remember him being a, a chook, but fairly started his career. A lot of guys the start of their careers, and then. The experience lot, let's be fair, a lot of the guys left there, not as good as the the lot now, like, you know, Dylan Napa, Kane Evans, you know, there was like Dale Copley, like they're not the players that the Roosters have now. Like same with Aiden Guerra, for example, you know, that is not as good as the, whilst Hargreaves is, is there at that time and Takeo as well, he's come along a lot, but they're not like, you know, Angus Crichton, for example, they're not that ill-can, the yeah, the depth guys are nowhere near as good. I mean, the starting lineup isn't as good as the starting lineup at the start of this year either, as you said, Campo. Like, they what is it? Before they lost, yeah, you look at the lineup now, looking at now round one. Before they lost Pierce, it's still not a great lineup. The team mean, now is much better than that team. Was. It is like so. The, I'll read you the first round lineup like that that season. Fullback Blake Ferguson, one winger Joe Burgess, other one Young Latrell. Centers Copley and Kenny Dow. Halves Nick Rima Hastings. Front row is Evans and Napa. Back row is Guerra Orbison with Isaac Liu at lock. And Jake Friend is still the captain, obviously. Uh, Takiaho on the bench. Sam Moa, Ian Henderson, and Vincent Lulawai. Jeez, that's pretty bad. Oh, yeah, and obviously, great. um, Cordner's not not there. And Manu hasn't played yet. And uh, and uh, Warrior Hargreaves misses round one as well. So there's, there's, uh, there's those factors too. But it's not the same depth they have now. Yeah. Mm. Uh... Next question, Matt Coleman. NRL front offices and NRL media, media are seemingly obsessed with the 2011 film Moneyball. This idea that you can build a really good team <laughs> on the cheap. But what lessons could clubs learn about roster management that they looked at a 1998 classic basketball instead? Great question. Um, all students should be made out of chairs. Perfect. Yep, good. Um, uh, golden points gone. Consecutive sack races. Sorry, sack races on consecutive Sundays. Yep. <laughs> uh, dozen egg night would pop off. Imagine how many eggs Matt Lodge would have copped on Sunday. Oh my god, dozen egg. That's great. 
The um, team that loses the grand final should have to wear shirts and hats that say losers on them. Yeah, I agree with that one. Like, I actually do sincerely agree with that one. That's hilarious. <laughs> Put the loser shirt on. <laughs> Love to see um, some of the guys in the NRL try to actually, like, some of the players would not take that well. Huh? Drunken scandals should be celebrated rather than condemned. Yeah, Adam Elliott led the way. Yeah, he Victoria did. Victoria oh, that playmate of the year. Adam Elliott would have carved up in the in the basketball rule system that we're suggesting. I think he'd be an immortal. Probably. Um, well, yeah. Baseball's great. Moneyball's Baseball's great movie. Moneyball stuff's hilarious. I mean, everybody with half a clue knows that means fucking nothing. Yeah. Uh, Russell Jackson of the ABC wrote a really good article probably about a month ago examining the use of the word Moneyball in AFL media, and it's used in the same way it is in NRL media. And I know we are all anti-Sharon on this show, and rightfully so, but... You should all go read it. No, they go over. I have read it. They go overboard with the fucking Moneyball stuff, man. It's insane. They're worse than we are. Yeah, and it's only starting to pop up again in rugby league, but it seems to come up and go away in league. But it's like every single week in in AFL. They just love referencing the NBA and Moneyball. It's insane. They do. They do. Uh, Paul Max seventy eight. Does Justin Holbrook get a pass mark for this year? Does he need to beat the Roosters? I think you kind of nailed this on Monday's show, Mitch. But like. Basically, yes, in any other year, a 10 and 14 team will be sitting there looking at what they need to do to get better. But instead, it's, we made the finals, boys. How good. He gets, they, a, pass. They added, he gets a pass. One but it's fi- he gets a pass, but it's 51%. Yeah, I agree I with mean, that. They added one win. Peace get degrees, baby. From last year, they, they went 9 and 11 last year. Like, I don't think it's a pass, Mark. I know they made the finals and people think I'm a salty Broncos fan, but like, they have a really good pack. They do. They have some decentish backs. They have to be better than what they are. I agree. You know, and beating the Roosters obviously does change it a lot, but that, that doesn't change what the What the if they prior... win the comp, Mitch? Does that change it? Yeah, obviously, yes. But <laughs> so far, you haven't changed what the prior 25 weeks really has been as a whole. Yeah. That's like that's like that's like a Batutian or something. Even though the Titans have won the comp, here's why they didn't actually have a successful year. Yeah. Yeah, but they um like they shipped almost six hundred points for Christ's sake. What a pack of kings! Yeah. Um. Okay. Next next question is Paul Mac again. Great question, by the way. He said, uh, St. Ca- St. Helens led Catalan thirty to twelve in the seventy fifth minute, but lost thirty to thirty one thirty. Is this the best comeback of all time? Um. That I don't know about that, but that field goal was is a top tier one. But uh, yeah, sure. I'm going to just say like I haven't. Yeah, that that's, must be one of the best comebacks ever. So I I rewatched this game. I didn't watch the first half. I had skipped through and saw the tries here. While I showed him Italia when he puts them up 24-6, does the Sterling Mortlock try celebration like he's just won the game. It's not so great. Like, like the big dive, like he's it sealed the game. Not 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 great in hindsight. But yeah, I kept waiting for the... I knew it came in the last 10 minutes, obviously. I'm watching the game and it's like, where's this comeback starting? And Catalan like, keep dropping the ball. I'm like, <laughs> they dropped the ball with like two minutes to go when they were down 12 and still scored two tries and they scored them through big fellas. <laughs> the, the, the front row forwards got, got a try. I mean, Large but, lads. Yeah. The second last try is like, uh, I don't know what position the guy's playing. One of the, the smaller players, like Nifty cuts through and big guy in support in the middle uh, scores on like next to the post. But the last try... Like they had a terrible set from the kickoff. They only made it just over halfway with a minute, like with 30 seconds to go. And Maloney puts his awkward bomb up. That's not really a good bomb 
but it's like a genuinely in the mixer bomb. And somehow there's like six players from each team underneath it. And Paul Lachlan Coote drops it. I'm not even sure it was a knock on, but like the ball just goes everywhere. Referee calls knock on. And then certainly they get the ball, they have a scrum and they, they spread it left twice and they get stopped like right on the goal line, left-hand corner. Whistle goes as they, after they've played the ball. And so Maloney again just puts the ball in the mixer and fucking Sam Cassiano. <laughs> like, <laughs> like in the mixer next to the post and everyone else jumps early and Sam doesn't jump. And he just lands in his bread basket and he scores. It's like, what the fuck just happened? It was amazing. Like oh, I, I, I can think of a few other games where people have scored three tries in a really quick amount of time late in the game, but never in a game. Like, because this was at their magic round, there was a big, yeah. big crowd and everyone's getting rowdy. And I think it's a minor, it was a minor premiership decider it was. as well. So I can't think of a, of a game that's had a finish like this where, where with real stakes. The only thing that comes close is Tonga versus England in that semi World Cup semi-final. But of course, Tonga didn't. Yeah actually win you know they won our hearts but not on the score they didn't win like the game and the, so i yeah I, I think it might be the best ever yeah we, we, south cool came back from 30 to 12 down once but they did it with like 25 minutes to go not you know four <laughs> yes and yeah, some of the best about that, it too they so can't, like, i remember chrissy's first year they came back from the cowboys against the cowboys to That's go a, down yeah, 30 yeah, to yeah. Six or something and that was cool but that was also a late season game between two teams that couldn't make the finals. Like there yep. wasn't like real well, stakes and real heat. These are the two best teams in the Super League. Yeah. It'd be like if the Storm did us to Penrith or vice versa. But like, so St. Helens had only conceded at most all season four tries before this game. They conceded like four in 12 minutes. So four times a game, sorry. They, like, and yeah, Catalan, just awesome. But the best thing about it, Campo mentioned it, was Magic Round. So what it was, was like, like again, no one goes to Catalan games when they're in England. They have no fan. They have no contingent of fans in England. So, but the, because of the way the game was going, people were getting up and about for it. But there was like random all the rugby league royalty, you know, over there in the crowd. But the, my favorite part is Robert Elston, who's like the the chairman of um of the uh, rugby football league over there. He's ex- whatever he is. I can't remember what he's called. What his actual full role is, but he's caught on camera looking furious when Catalan kicked the field goal. Everyone else is celebrating because, like, you know, and people talk about he was anti-expansion when he got rid of the Wolfpack over the offseason. It was great seeing him angry. <laughs> Furious. <laughs> I loved it. He looked so pissed off. He did. And the the golden point was terrible too. Both teams kept dropping the ball. I mean, Tommy Mackinson, who hit the post with a field goal attempt in the grand final last year, had a 40-meter attempt in this one to win it for St. Helens. And it's one of those field goals that went, like, Maybe 15 meters in the air, and it landed like near the corner, 20 meters out. Not great from 40, but absolute cracking game. Awesome that Catalan uh, claimed a minor premiership. Obviously, doesn't mean anything yet, but huge for them, and probably huge for their confidence into the finals. And Jimmy Maloney just Jimmy wins, doesn't he? He sure does. Sam Stevens, what fast food menu changes upsettled you or outraged you the most? For example, McAusburger ending yeah. or soft serve cones going from 30 to 50 cents? Uh, I'll let you guys go first. I am always outraged when the, the, when the double is taken off the KFC menu, but then yes. it comes back and I have one and I remember, yeah, these shouldn't be always, these, these shouldn't be publicly available. Look, it's too dangerous. Look, the government's got to step in, you know, the <laughs> shouldn't have access to this sort of, this sort of nuclear chicken option. 
Well, if that happens, but I want to open a bootleg stand out front of KFC where I'm assembling them. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all it's all right as a, as an occasional as an occasional treat, but if it was available twenty four seven, like we'd all be the size of Americans, like fair dinkum. It's just it's it's not safe. Well, the worst thing about it, yeah, I've never encountered like I've eaten them, I love them. I never enca- drunk Mitch has never had a double encounter. I don't know how many I'd order. <laughs> give us six doubles <laughs> give me two of every creature exactly right um that's one obviously that was my first one camp when the double goes away it really annoys me uh the other one i'm i'm mick Oz still upsets me but it hasn't been to mick Oz for a long time because it was they only got got rid of mick face is gone again now but they got rid of Be- beetroot off it ages ago i loved the mick Oz with beetroot that was my go-to burger as a kid as a teenager it went away it came back Without beetroot, mm. fuck you, McDonald's. <laughs> and now it's dead entirely. That's yeah. But um, most of the other ones, meh. I got a couple. Hash browns cost two dollars now, which is what? Yeah. That's it. Mac is expensive now. Yeah, two dollars. Um, and yeah, um apple pies used to be what were they, a dollar or sixty cents or something? And now they're like two fifty or something. It's ridiculous. Well, I had um I had an apple pie. I didn't I had a bite apple pie on the weekend because uh, I wanted a bacon deluxe. I don't know why. We they're very similar on Discord, and yeah, no, they're not. But I've got to get to how I got there, and then found out during the pandemic, the only Hungry Jacks within five kilometers of my house shut down, and the next one's like fifteen kilometers away. So, I terrible takeaway up on the North Shore. I don't usually order it, so I was going through takeaway Saturday night. Gave up, went and got Macca's, and Monopoly's there, which is great. We got Macca's Saturday night, and then yeah, Mrs. woke up hungover the next day, so we went and got. She went and had Macca's brekkie. And then now uh, we got the free apple pie. She got the apple pie. They're pretty good. Yeah, don't have those very often. You know, I don't think the last time I would have ordered one. Pretty good. I've got. I don't. I've got two. Yeah, two go. quick Macca's ones. Um, yeah. oh, I was probably maybe about ten odd years ago. Now they had the the five dollar feed, which was a medium double cheeseburger meal and a sundae for five bucks. I remember that. And when you're fifteen or when you're fifteen or sixteen and you don't have a job because you're a deadbeat and you can get a five dollar feed. Is a game changer, it's and the youth deal. today will just never understand that. I also don't like how they all went to all day breakfast because the ten thirty line was like the last thing holding back, or the, the the only thing that separated us from the animals was the structure of that ten thirty line, and they just threw it away. And look what's happened to the world since. Of course, you think that's a bad bad thing. You probably think video stores should make a comeback. Um, video stores should make a comeback. Bro. Yep, I got a video go. easy investment oh. opportunity that I'm very excited to talk to you about. Oh, ah, well, we'll talk yeah. after the show. I have one more. It's not technically like a fast, like, you know, it is a chain. So there's like, I've talked, we, we've discussed at length how one of the best Vietnamese role places in Sydney is near my house, Hong Ha, shout out, great place. But then next to the Woolworths, there's also like one, one of those destination roles open there like two years ago. That's like a, like a small, it's a chain. There's like a bunch of them now, like a Vietnamese roll chain, which already you should be avoiding like the plague, but like, when they opened, they were five dollars fifty, right? And I got them occasionally because like five dollars fifty is pretty reasonable. Um, they took FPOS, which I didn't like. Um, but uh, I, I obviously the price got the price went up. They jacked up the price like six fifty once, and I stopped going there. I walked past it yesterday. Guess how much a pork roll is now at this place? At Hong Ha or somewhere? No, else? Hong Ha's fine. This is like the yeah. chain place next to Woolworths that sells. Oh, that fucking chain! It's like eight dollars now. Eight dollars ten. Yeah, it's that's um, what's it called? Destination uh, roll. That's it. I've I've seen them too. When they, I I remember seeing one of the shops the other at yeah, Chatswood last time. Like, what the hell? Get the fuck Bobbery. out of here! That, that's that's bloody Tasmanian rates from what we know. <laughs> that's oh, also uh, one more. I just remember when KFC has two dollar chips, it's the greatest thing on earth. And then when they go away, I'm sad. 
Yeah, I've never done that. Um, I've never done what's it called the land, sea, and air burger. Have you ever done that, Bungard? <laughs> um, no, because I always found fillet fish is gross. Yeah, so I don't know if I'd put fish on there, but I have I have done like to stack everything else up on a Big Mac and see how it goes. Yeah, I, I have a friend great. who used to order triple cheeseburgers, but with McChicken patties. Yeah, oh. and I had I had like a quarter of one once and had heart palpitations. Like um, it's fucking wild. Yeah. Um. It used to be a rite of passage to eat a pounder at, at the store I worked at. I also, you, I'm sure I you can work out what that is. <laughs> yeah, I, yes. I watched someone try to eat a two pounder once. It didn't, Incredible. No, it didn't, did it they, didn't how'd they well. go? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I had a pounder. It was fine. But when, I mean, when you're like 16, it's so you wet. That, when you're 16 and you have that metabolism, like a pounder is not that big a deal. Like it now, I think, an old man. yeah, I think now I'd die if I tried to attempt it. But yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to think any other. No, we don't really discontinue much fast food over here. We haven't got as many good gimmicks as overseas do. You know, um, I know people talk. People talk about mashies a lot. Um, yeah, they're gone. Yeah, I we was just, never a oh, huge fan of them. The hot and spicy chicken too. That kind of sucked, honestly. But random one about hot and spicy available all year round at Town Hall KFC, but not all the rest of the KFCs. That's, that is bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, we could again talk about that all the time as well. But yeah. next question. Uh, I also I didn't care about self serve cone increase. By the way, I'm not a nah, child. No. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Rowan Edwards, what's the most famous flick on your movie list of shame? I'm not ashamed to say that I love basketball or yeah, Mean Girls or it's Mean Girls movie. is literally like top five favorite movies ever. Like in terms of rewatchability. Say, you, just two, you just named two good movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, not shameful. No, love that film. Um, I guess there would be some that might sledge you for it, but uh, not me. And not you guys. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I mean, I watch a, sh- a lot of shit horror movies. But again, I know that they're shit. So it's fine. Yeah. Like, I like a lot of bad movies as well. I wouldn't say that I'm ashamed of any of them. Like, The Replacements is back on Netflix. Great I was movie. watching it the other day. And my housemate, who always Great bags movie. the shit out of my movie and television choices, like, sat down for five minutes and then said, this is the worst piece of shit I've ever seen. And I was like, I don't care, dude. It rules. Like, it does rule. Chicks, dick, awesome. scars, glory lasts forever. It's not That's that hard. It. Keanu, man, Shane Falco. He had it locked in. Shane Falco was, he had talent. Um, wait, Cambo, what's your opinion on Interstellar again? I like it. There you go. You should be ashamed. Right, we, got <laughs> the answer. We, we got to the answer of the question. There Good. you go. Okay. Uh, face off. Great movie. John yeah. Volta and Nick Cage. <laughs> Uh, I try to think. No, I, always more, like, I, I always preferred Broken Arrow to Face Off. Did you? Oh God! Oh, you know what's an awful? What's that weird one? Um, when Al Pacino plays the devil. Oh, um, fuck! Is, I is, know is, what you're it's, talking it's about. It's literally called. It's literally called the Devil's Advocate. Yeah, yeah, and it's about <laughs> a guy who's a lawyer for the devil. Yeah, it just it's it's okay that it goes crazy and the. I watched it with Anna last year during lockdown and the last scene or two of the special effects are just insane, just terrible. So watch that though. Oh, it's good, does, terrible. <laughs> does Event Horizon fall into this category? Because I love that movie, but it's so no, I think I think so batshit bec- insane. That's become a cult classic. All right, well, I'm fine then. And, and and the worst thing about Devil's Advocate, by the way, when you're watching it, it's like you know, sometimes these movies, like when you see like the movie seven, right? You obviously people now know Kevin Spacey's in that movie. We didn't know at the time, you know, the devil's advocate is filmed like you're not supposed to know Pacino's the devil, even though it's called the devil's advocate and the poster <laughs> has him as the devil. And yeah. It's like, this is not a reveal, fellas. You you did tell us before the movie started, like halfway through, you're like, oh my God, that guy's Satan. 
that one? It's like, yes. He's clearly saying them. But anyway, next question. Liam. Famously, Ben Barber had one of the greatest individual seasons of the NRL era. He created endless highlights, including effortlessly setting up tries from his own in goal. On the weekend, Manly scored a similar spectacular try. With this achievement unlocked, we finally confirmed that Ruben Garrick is having the greatest single season of the yeah, NRL Yeah, well, era. he scored the most points. <laughs> therefore, he's the best player. He did. Handsome it. Ruben done it again. He mm. did. Uh, Warwick Ahern, top three pizza toppings. Here we go. Uh, all right. Oh, now we're talking. Uh, cheese doesn't count, right? Cheese is no, just cheese a requirement. Okay, cool. You're a pepperoni man, aren't you, Campo? Yeah, I'm a big Rip pepperoni garbage. man. Garbage. <laughs> Get that shit out of here. Big pepperoni man, big Italian sausage man. I got an you know Italian sausage for you. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, pe- pepperoni is, I think, the most overrated pizza topping. Just like, if what if we had sausage but made it cardboard? <laughs> yeah. Sir. And um, Americans <laughs> love it. yourself, sir. Nah. Fuck yourselves. Um, obviously, back in the day, it would be different. But now my answers are pineapples, olives, mushrooms. Oh, jeez. Oh, um, mushrooms, yeah. Pineapple, sometimes olives. Nah, get them Mitch out. is also nah. team pineapple. So you're not going to Yeah, I'm team. All three of those I are like, great ingredients. I just said I like pineapple. Yeah. All three of those. I think olives are elite on a pizza. But what Kemper mentioned there, if you're having a meat pizza, one of the key ingredients of a meat pizza is a sausage of sorts. That is fat, fatty and greasy because when it gets hot, that grease exudes and goes on top of the pizza, that nice little red oil. I know mm-hmm. it sounds gross, but like a fatty sausage, so Italian sausage or pepperoni or similar, perfect. You can Best taste ingredient. the difference with a nice Italian sausage on a pizza though. Like if you get a quality. You can. How many quality, Italian sausages like that have you tasted? <laughs> oh, I did live in Leichhardt for a while. So. Mart on. <laughs> Mart on. Uh, but uh, I, I like... I would like if I had to pick only three toppings to have forever from here on. If I had yeah. to, it's probably Italian sausage, olives, and mushrooms because I can oh. eat that pizza's great. <laughs> Two out of three. Because, like, even though there's, uh, you know, maybe there's other ones I like more, but if I had to pick just three to stick olives with, are so good, man. They're so good on pizza. I love the salty bit. And like, you know, I like anchovies and pizza. I love, I love pineapple on pizza as well. Um, ham on pizza doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. I would. Long- I would replace one of my three with bacon if I still ate meat, but I don't. So yeah, Campo, what are the other ones of yours? Your top three? Oh, see, I'm, I'm probably going. I'm probably going pepperoni, Italian sausage, and mushroom. Hang on, you got they're probably they're, my three. They're two very similar. So that's but fine. I'm just still, curious. I mean, still, it's still it's, okay it's his pizza. Meat. That's fine. It's bacon's like, right up there. I think um, egg is last. Egg yep. shouldn't be. Egg eggs, shouldn't be on eggs have no That's place an affront to pieces. the Lord. Corn as well. I mean, I mean, that's not a topping in Australia on pizza. Not in my country. <laughs> <laughs> Get that shit out of my face. And um, there's this um, speak like egg in a bake theory. I know it's, it's I don't know. How, I think it's kachapuri. I think it's called this Georgian cheese bread with the egg in it. That yeah, goes right That's as close as it can get to being on pizza. Take that that's shit back to the Kremlin, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's Seriously. Don't run. Tell, tell your boys yeah. in Vladivostok about it. We're not interested. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, anyway, uh, next question. Michael Gregson is pro wrestling back. Um, at the time of recording, I have not watched AW's pay per view all out yet. I will watch it after we finish recording, so I can't answer this yet. But given that CM Punk is back, yes, pro wrestling is back. And Daniel Bryan, apparently, Brian Danielson, sorry, uh, may well have come back in this show as well. I don't know, I haven't watched what? it yet, and I've gone Who? zero dark 30. What is he, Brian Danielson now? His real name is Brian Danielson. Okay, he's gone back to that. Wasn't well, Sean I don't, Michael's I know, name also Michael Sean? 
No, his name is Michael Hickenbottom. <laughs> Close enough, Kemp. I'll, I'll, I'll um, give you pass, Mark. <laughs> did you know that and you were setting me up? No, I, I really thought his name was Michael. And maybe Sean. his middle name is Sean, but his name's his name's like his name is his name's like Michael Hickenbottom or something. Um, but yeah, no, I haven't watched all that yet, so I can't answer it. Um, I've stayed off Twitter. Yeah, Michael Sean Hickenbottom. There you go. Um, is so my wrestling name Doyle Mitchison? That's terrible. Doyle Mitchison. <laughs> yeah. That's terrible. I hate it. Yeah. Uh, so last yeah, one I'll, on Patreon. Yeah, go, Sorry, on. go on. No, no, I was just gonna say I'll, I can answer that for you next week, something. Last one on Patreon, Gavin Bannerman. Favorite examples of spine players swapping clubs in their prime. So what, working out or not working out? Both, I guess. Um, well, nice. Yeah, it's tough. It just doesn't happen all that often, right? Like, yeah, uh, the best examples. James Maloney. He did it twice yeah, in one. He, two he is. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's the he's the he's the best one. I'd reckon. Yeah, and uh, what Tedesco? I'd say was in his prime when he swapped, even though yep, he yep, wasn't. That's another good one. Most. Two of our two of us, a Sheck won a Dallium afterwards and was very good beforehand. So I, I guess that's one as well. Harry Grant. <laughs> the lone man. <laughs> Those poor tigers. Um, yeah, there's not that many, is there? Anthony Milford, obviously, next year. Uh, um, um I don't know if he counts. To fit well, actually, I, I, I take the I'm taking the pistol. Well, I'm taking the pistol a bit, but Anthony Milford kind of was that was a big deal when he left Canberra to go to Brisbane. It was huge. Yeah. It was, yeah. Uh, Fittler, I don't know, because Fittler wasn't really a lot settle into five, five eight, eight until he got to the Roosters before yeah. that was more of like a center lock five eight sometimes type deal. Um Luke Keary is might be one of them. Oh yeah. Yeah that one hurts. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Okay. Over to Discord for the rest of the right. questions. While you find that I will give a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon subscription service. Go to patreon.com forward slash NRL boom rookies. Uh you get access to next year's Coltrane Cup. Um uh, priority at question time. You can submit your own rookie takes. You get some free merchandise included. And uh, Camper will text you occasionally. Oh, when, the, when the pubs open again, when the pubs open again, and I just go on like an unbelievable pisshead summer, yeah. I will text you at 4 a.m. with takes about the about an early to mid 2000s play from your club. I'm so That's excited the about Camper the summer guarantee. of pissheads. Anyway, if we get there. But a special thank you to Chris Avnell, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Ben Wallace, Blake Moretti, Butsy, Cam Bezwick, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Carnay, Doc Hogg, and anonymous backer, Don Dick, Frankie, JSG, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Josh Truman, 98, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, Matty Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, Party Keg, Razor, Reesebound, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Butts, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Schwarzy, Ty, not so much your student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick Hearn. Thank you so much for your support. To everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens, thank you as well. Campo, how's your ding-dong? <laughs> I'm afraid those records are permanently sealed, bungers. <laughs> and I, Mitch, sad, happy? No, I'm good. I'm enjoying no. myself. Good to know. All right. Uh, okay. Pa- uh, Discord. Uh, no, that was, that was, that's all last week. My bad. I gave you like two. I know, minutes. I did. I know, I know. Anyway, <laughs> Mario Seeks. Given neutral fans all said Sharks were dumb to ditch Morris because he d- takes them to finals, does not making the finals really justify the decision? And is Hannah possibly not completely useless? Is he even perhaps better than some current first grade coaches? Um, well, I don't think any of us, I don't think any of it, anything we criticized them for was particularly an indictment on Josh Hannah. I think it was more that I thought Morris was doing fine. And if they'd already made a decision to move on from him, like, okay. But 
I, I would have just tried to make it work until the end of the year. I mean, look, you can say whatever you like about Josh Hannay, but as Campo said on Monday's show, like the, the turmoil definitely derailed them for a little bit there. And that's a really bad results. And then even two weeks ago, it was apparently Josh Hannay's decision to not kick that penalty goal, which would have got them in the finals. So yeah. Okay. I think I think Josh Hannay is a, a, a good coach, and I think John Morris is a pretty good coach. Actually, as well, yeah, we should answer but... the second part of that though. Is he perhaps better than any current first grade coaches? Probably, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there's a couple Maybe. of guys I'd, I'd take Hannay over for sure. Yep. For yeah, sure, me too. Like, okay, um, uh, yeah, I don't know who. Do you want to name names or do you want to leave it? I think everyone knows who we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I think so. Okay, um, I'm I'm going to ask this one from Jez. Jez, what ingredients would make up the grazing table of your dreams? So I'm assuming he's referring to the extended form of a charcuterie board. Yeah, yeah. Um, say, say charcuterie again. Charcuterie board. <laughs> charcuterie. Charcuterie. <laughs> I mean, um, if I could eat those for every meal forever, I might make that yeah, up as a choice. Well, like, Mitch, as long as there's jats and French onion dip. Like you don't really exactly. need much else. <laughs> like you got it. You got it. You got to have a heavy prosciutto representation. Yeah, you do. Um, you do. Surely. And uh, and a quince paste, mate, and a, and a brie and a blue cheese. That quince paste is yeah. kidding itself. It's just sitting there. No one wants you. Get them. No, I like quince paste. Oh, I, love, you I, love putting, I love putting quince in a bit of brie and a, a prosciutto onto a jat. You yep. love a jat. A jat. <laughs> yeah, you would. A solo jat. Also, don't mind those, like, those, what are they called? The little, the crackers now that have like fig in them as well oh, yeah. already. Um. Oh, you got to have some grassini on there. Yeah. I mean, got to have. You've got to have a stinky blue cheese, a hard cheese, a, a, a brie of sorts, a softy one, and maybe a goat cheese, a real gooey one. And I don't mind a, a ricotta ball as well. Um, well, obviously, think- my cheese options are more limited now, but Mitch, you've had this <laughs> cheese at my house. That garlic dip one, I get that every time we're doing platters now. You know what I'm talking yeah, about. You ate a whole good. jar of it. Yeah, I think, though, you've, I I think you've, got to have some, you've got to have some sun-dried tomatoes in there. Like yeah, those are low-bearing tomatoes. You've got, you got to have them in there. Yeah, as I said before, Grissini, the little breadsticks, they're great. Um, pretzels, chuck some of them on there. Um, I can take all leaf pretzels. No, no, yeah, pretzels, my, are pretzels are out. Uh, no, they're in. And um, the little toast squares. I was to say, toast squares are the ones like the, the last cracker I reach for, but they yeah, are a lot of people. So but I give them to Link, and he makes a very cute crunching noise when he eats them. So that's why I do like they're... if someone has a good crusty bread and they have the olive oil and balsamic yes, in there. Yes, there you go. Now we're cooking with uh, gas. Couple of couple of forms of olives. Uh, do mind a bit of a couple of walnuts floating around there. <laughs> All right, I don't mind it. What a couple of walnuts because you you know you grab a walnut, yeah, you grab know. maybe. And maybe a fig or maybe some quince again. Oh, Mitchy walnuts over here. <laughs> hey, I could do a charcuterie board. And oh, if you're going real hard, you know, you're on. starting to push the boundaries of charcuterie here. But if you, if you, you know, you want to go there and make an artichoke dip, you know, just yep. sneak it on there. Been a big, massive bowl in the middle. Why not? Well, the question did say it's the, it's the spread of our dreams. Yeah. yeah. So I guess um, the only yeah. limits are our imagination. Any, yeah. Any sort of, any sort of, I'll, I'll have any sort of guac as well. I know it doesn't fit with the rest of the vibe, but. Um, any yeah. and what other dips like the like any sort of like there's like this sweet potato and pumpkin dip I get which is fantastic. Um, but obviously craft French onion is the coat. Oh, that's the king. I want. I, I would like to have a hummus in there as well. Just yep. to... yeah, hummus. There's a really good a beetroot hummus that I get now. It's fantastic. Mm, I do like the the red rock dips with the with that little chunky. Yeah, they're good. Like the oh yeah, yeah, they're really good. Don't mind sneaking on there. You know those those little weird bread sticks for dipping. I, I said Grassini like. <laughs> Twice, That's, yeah, he, he, he said Grassini many times. Oh, yeah, Maddie Grassini over that. here. And I, I had a um, the one the border had at my uh, my dad's place a while ago. They had those like big pieces of natural honeycomb, like natural honey. Oh, all right, uh, we're fucking oh, good. Oh, I'm not gonna oh, lie. Yeah, it was I'm like, what about a man? 
I mean, I wouldn't think I liked it either, Campo. Then I had it. I was like, mate, you know what? I could just chew on some honeycomb. <laughs> Chomping away. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, Winnie the Pooh. Let's, watch, yeah, let's, let's watch B movie and eat some honeycomb. That's right. That's good. Yeah, they're they're certainly one of those elite foods. Also, though, you could easily set back yourself back like two hundred bucks doing a charcuterie board. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh yeah, like this, this this charcuterie board that we've uh, assembled here. Like we're looking at we're looking at a G easy. Yeah, there's one good deli up here that that's not Harris Farm on the North Shore. True shock, but it's like often has like this deal when you get like three of their cheeses for nine dollars, but like yeah. good ones. So it's like that's what you know. Sometimes I go up there, and if he's got a truffle cheese for three bucks, like, well, I'm just eating cheese for dinner. I'll get what other two are, and I'll just get crackers, and it's dinner time, baby. Fair. Uh, okay, Ben Wallace, can you think of a strange rugby league season than Manly being a historically bad side to finishing top four? It's it's one of the strangest seasons ever, but um, yeah, no, I can't, and it's it's just very funny because we said from the start that they weren't that bad. No, we had them being shit. No, we yeah, oh, but man. we didn't say people were saying they were one of the worst sides of the last decade. Oh, they didn't say that dumb shit. Worst side ever. That was just but no, yeah, I didn't I think they'd be good. The but then again, I factored Tom Tobovich not, you know, playing the whole year. Yeah. I've 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 got a I've got a couple in two thousand and six, after I think five or six rounds, the storm mm-hmm. were second or third last, very close to I think they conceded the most points in the competition. And then they went on to win the minor premiership and be absolutely unreal. And then this is going back a very long way, but it's one that always stands out in my in my mind because I read about it a lot when I was growing up. In and stay with me here. In 1955, Souths were second last at the halfway point of the season, and then they owned, they beat Newtown 17-16 because Clive Churchill kicked a sideline conversion with a broken arm, and then they won ten games in a row to win the premiership. So. Well, there's only three teams in, so they went. From well, yeah, I was going to say first. it's probably not a lot of probably not a lot of like <laughs> fans that remember that one, but that's one for the for the day yeah. oneers. Yeah, sweet. Uh, okay, next question. Thorson, nineteen eighty seven says, has there ever been a more fitting end to a player's time at a club than Corey Norman tonight? No, it was perfect. Incredible, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Even even with the players fake consoling him. <laughs> oh, there, there, Corey. <laughs> I can't, like, I don't know what he's, honestly, I have no clue what he's doing next year. I don't know if he even feels like a guy would go to the Super League. You might just do the Isaac uh, John thing, mate. Just uh, Become an influencer full-time. Right. If we pull our money their, together, we can get their, a, for their get satirical, on their leadership for satirical newspaper called The Satire. Was that the least funny thing you've ever seen? It was pretty close. It's yes. a pretty bad title for a, for a satirical newsletter. Yeah. Uh, Harvey says, Kieran, Kieran, sorry, Kieran Ford. I almost said Kieran Norman. Ugh. Failed to appear in 20 games in a season every year over the last five years at Para Warriors and the Bulldogs. He returned to Manly and has a 20-plus game season straight away. Is it proof that God exists and that he hates everyone except Northern Beaches cunts? Yep. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, it was quite funny. It was He was like in the preseason, there was an interview with him like saying like, no, nah, guys, legit, I'm having my best offseason. Like, I swear, I'm telling you, this, this one is real. I'm actually having my best offseason. No one believed him. And he, uh, he was. But yeah. What is he? He barely played any footy for a number of years and just been great for them. Is she what? Last time he played over 20 games was 2014. Crazy. I saw him kick cool. a goal from right in front under the crossbar live. That was cool. Oh, there you go. Mm. Uh, next question Ben Quagliata. Okay. Mm. I don't know. That, that These feel like live commentary of the game. No. You know, it's, no, it's, it's chaos. Sorry. It's ca- this is terrible this week. What have you fellas done? 
Yeah, I'm gonna uh, just I'll clean that up for you. Uh Mario Siegs, I understand the impact of PVL ball, but I'm speculating as we are underestimating the impact of the corner post rule in terms of number of wingers ranking up high, such try scoring numbers. I mean, it was a no, terrible because, rule though. Yeah, then no. the corner post rule got rescinded, what, like 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, and then just changed the influx. Yeah. I mean, again, go back and like watch all the tries that Ruben Garrick, Saab, and Alex Johnson have scored, and you tell me how many were scored. With the corner post in play. Wasn't fucking many, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, no, I, yeah, I, I couldn't give you a, a direct answer. I know, I've got an answer, but, but that, I didn't I'm, have the like, stats yeah. in front of me. Yeah. Anyway, uh, what Mari asked again, ignoring how the result ends up, but if your Warriors are losing by 12 against the Titans, you get a penalty in front with 30 seconds to go. Do you take the two? I love this question finals? so much. Um, Matt yes. Lodge probably would have made them do it because he hates Jared Wallace. It'd be so I think spiteful. you do it anyway. I think... Look, this is a really tricky one, right? Because I, I always think you should play hard till the end. You shouldn't just roll over and let teams get what they want from you when you're just playing out the season, right? And if they score, if they if they score a try, fair play. I think this is just genuinely spiteful. Yeah, I think if it was the game that happened this weekend, they would have done it. Yeah, same, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, you know what? You're right. I actually don't think. I actually don't think, though, in reality, teams do this to each other. Like, obviously, if it meant they'd go into the finals, yes, but it didn't mean that. For them. Yeah, like just help the Sharks. I don't know why. If 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 my team did it, even to even to the teams that I'd dislike i still wouldn't be happy about it neither would i actually i if it was you know south did it to the roosters you could understand or vice versa not gonna lie i'd probably like it if we did any team we did it to <laughs> i'm a bad human <laughs> i'm trying to think which no, team i wouldn't enjoy it against but at least you're honest at least you're an yeah, honest yeah. and his last question he says okay he wants us to ignore the off-field history so already you, you've this question is bloated, but he said, "Is Lodge good enough to justify a first grade position, given how much of a liability he often is?" I mean, if you want to ignore his past, he he's off the field and his paycheck, he is obviously good enough to be in the NRL. You've loaded that question with not ignoring the things you asked us to ignore. Um, like that sort of question, right? Like he's obviously an NRL standard forward. Yeah, he definitely is. But he's also, yes, as Mario said, a liability and a lot of off-field skeletons. So but if, if we ignore that if stuff... You ignore the, if you ignore the things that make him bad, would he yeah. be good? Well, yeah. Yes. But I wouldn't That's want... But look, I'll, re, I'll re, try to answer it in a little different way. I would not want my club to sign him. I'm glad he's gone from my club. But yeah, he, yeah. Is a, he is too good to not be... Like, he will have an NRL job. Until he doesn't. If you, until you, until, I'm glad yeah. it's at a club that now is irrelevant and doesn't really matter. Yeah. I don't really have to think about like it. He's on a lot of money, which is too much for him, but he would walk, like, he'd walk into so many clubs on 200k, 300k. He's so far away from being out of the league. On know, ability, like, yeah. Exactly, he is. He's so far away from being out of the league on ability. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, he has games like this on the weekend and he needs to sort his shit out because he's getting the rap sheet going, but he also has games like in round six against Penrith, he like stomp their forward pack. Yep. So teams just take it with the good with the bad, don't they? Mm-hmm. Anyway, next question. V8 Tiger. Is there anything the Broncos and Cowboys can learn from the far superior Queensland franchise? 
In all seriousness, can the teams like the Tigers learn anything from the Titans? How can we strive for 11 wins next year? Um, well, if the Tigers want to move to really close to Brisbane and then wait till the ghost is shit there and then give the Broncos best player a million dollars, might work. I think we we touched on this a lot more on on the podcast the other day, but the one thing that I think the Tigers can emulate from the Titans is is developing mid-tier players. Like, it doesn't all have to be big game hunting. Like, yeah, the Titans went big to get Fafita, and they went big to get Fasua Malawi, but they also bought, like, not low, but bought lower on Jared Wallace, and he's played a lot of good footy there. You know, they managed to find... Mo Fodawaka, who was on the bench for his for his high school team, you know they got something out of Anthony Don. They they uh, got something out of Brian Kelly. They're, they've they've in the last couple of years they've found AJ Brimson. They've found Toby Sexton. Like there's 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 some examples there that the Tigers can probably can take from. And the Tigers already have with with the young core we talked about well, the other day. Yeah, the best example of the time success now, even though they've only got 10 and 14, is as you just said, mate, it's the signings they haven't made. Like, they're a team that has been, you know, signings crazy for their existence. And they've only had two winning seasons ever, right back their second and third years in the competition. Like, they haven't had a winning season. The last time they made the finals were losing seasons still. Winning seasons since, what, 2010? But, uh, like, this, this year, though, and like, the things have been good about the Titans. Like Dave Fafita is obviously good and probably isn't worth the money. To me, I still think he is for them, whatever. But, like, the best things about their team is, like, yeah, Paddy Herbert has been pretty good, you know? It cost him nothing. Corey Thomas has been good for them. Jaden Campbell came from nowhere. has been awesome. Like, Jamal Fogarty was a reserve-grade player this year. Bo Firma is, like, you know, it wasn't exactly anyone chasing him, no big name. They took him from Newcastle a couple of years ago. You know, Jamin Joliffe and Sam McIntyre being pretty good for them. Like, and they have a problem with, with, with their hookers, but like, they've got better by not just trying to sign their way out of it. And I know for feeder and Tino, a, a different argument for that, but that's the way to build a roster is like make the one or two, to me anyway, sign the superstars when you can, but the rest of it, just fucking just do what you can with what you can find, you know? Yeah. And as we said on the other show, if you beat the bad teams, yeah. all the bad teams, you'll make the finals. Yes. Well, I actually, I actually <laughs> hate so Isaac Liu signing for them. Maybe that's the biggest thing the Tigers can take from the Titans is just beat the Bulldogs a couple of times and you'll be okay. But I hate the Isaac Liu signing for the Titans, by the way. That feels like an old Titan signing. Yeah. I hate it. But most well, yeah, of they don't pretty need good. any more forward power. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't get that At one all. either. They need a hooker so bad and they don't end up getting one. Okay, uh Next question comes from Rough Belly. If you could force the Tigers to choose between being a Southwest Sydney club or a Balmain club, how quickly would you sit them to Perth to escape the past 10 years? <laughs> okay. All right. It's funny. I don't think another team in the NRL sort of gets hit with these existential crises like the Tigers do. Like how many articles have you read in the last week that have said, oh, the Tigers have to forge your own identity. The Tigers have to figure out what they're about. It's like, they don't what the fuck really. does that mean? That, well, exactly. What does that mean? Does I've always mean? hated the word identity talking yeah, about sports teams. Yeah, I, I fucking hate I it. I know, Bungard, I know you really enjoy um, John Boyce's work from, from SB Nation. He's doing a really good series at the moment about the Atlanta Falcons, and he did an even better series last year about the Seattle Mariners, like a YouTube documentary series. And a lot of it is tied up in the identity of teams and, and what they mean to the city and all, and all that sort of thing. 
And a team doesn't have to win to mean something. The Tigers still stand for something. The Tigers do have an identity. They just don't win games. They just don't win games. And to win games, they've got to set things up better. They've got to set up their junior pathways better in the southwest of Sydney because that's where all their talent's got to come from, you know? And But, but, to, but all, all, all this, all this sort of all these existential issues. I feel like they're just being invented. You know what I mean? The Tigers, the Tigers are Southwest Sydney. The Tigers are the inner West of Sydney. They can be both things at the same time. I don't, I don't understand why we, why we, why we question the point of their existence every time they're bad. They're just a bad team. There's plenty of bad teams out there. No one's out here saying like, Oh, what's the point of the, the Sharks existence? You know what I mean? Exactly. right. It's like, it's like we sat around punch a few cones and started a drum circle and said, man, what even are the Tigers, man? Because <laughs> that's any club, bro. Even the even yeah. even the lost Edith Street scrolls don't don't you know yeah. get that stonery, you know? Yeah, no, it's like what the fuck? What do you mean? What are the Tigers? It's like it's such a dumb question. And what's our identity? It's like I do understand sometimes you would say some clubs struggle to make community connections, and I wouldn't say the Tigers are one of those. Like it just it just mean anything. Yeah. Yeah, go find your identity, my fucking ass, and like, you know, it's like what was okay, what was the, like, I you got know, me, I got an identity sports. for you right here. Yeah, what was like, you know, the Atlanta Hawks identity three years ago? No one gives a shit. They got they drafted yeah. some good players, and they was the now. Milwaukee Bucks identity yeah. five years ago? Fuck off. Yeah, fuck it out. Yeah. Um, well, the John Bucks, the Bucks, all, the Bucks always lived in the shadow of their far more successful crosstown team, the the Beers. You know? Oh yeah, <laughs> they did. Won a couple John of Denzel cups. Which two players could, could you swap for underperforming teams and instantly make both teams better? So two teams that suck, you swap two players. Yeah. Hmm. Um, ben Hunt for Josh Papali. I was going to say Ben Hunt for Joe Tapani. Yeah, but you're not allowed to do that because Joe Tapani is <sighs> not good enough. That's why I oh. said Josh Papali. Oh, man. Would you do That's it? Good. Like legit? No, I, honestly, because like, I saw this I'm question earlier. Spent... I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. it. It might be the right call, but I couldn't send Josh Papali away. I think it's. I think that would be a net gain for Canberra. Can I we love make Josh a Papali, tr- but here's a trade to Maybe, make. What if? What if you sent? Because the, Bru- the, Bru- the Brooklyn pick, Emre Gula and <laughs> Sevilla Havili, and, and, and Jared Kroger's obviously... expiring, and Jared Kroger's <laughs> expiring, and the 2023 fourth round pick. Ben Hunt is obviously the prize here. What have you sent Ben Hunt to Cronulla mm. for, let's say, oh, geez, what are the Dragons? Dragons need a lot of stuff, though. I don't know. I feel like if you dropped Ben Hunt onto Canberra or Cronulla, you would have a, a, a top eight side. Well, that I was, can't think of anything Cronulla could give up. That was I, my thing. I was going to say Ben Hunt for chance, but then, like, Tyrell Sloan's coming along nicely. I don't know if they really would need to do that gamble. Whereas Josh yeah. Papali obviously just makes their forward pack instantly a million times yeah. better. Okay. I hate what, what if we give that Shelly Beach to the Dragons? Okay. Let's give them <laughs> from Cronulla. <laughs> Cronulla get back. Ben Hunt. Well, who says who no? Who says no? Uh, ben Hunt is the prize, but there's not many equal return that makes the Dragons better. Yeah, that's it. Like they haven't got good enough halves to deal with it. Like you could probably find, as you said, you could probably could find a forward you could ship from the Raiders, like Tarpanay, for someone that improves both teams. But who's the half that goes back the other way? That's the tough question. Yeah. 
uh chad townsend yep there we go we did it. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't do it the it always comes back to the chad yeah no we haven't got it have we i okay, think i nailed it uh manny p we're making molds of cocktail to throw at the headquarters of your club <laughs> <laughs> what mix of flannables do you like to use oh dear uh, Brent Sloan, I think we've kind of answered we already uh, answered this one already. Yeah. So sorry, mate. Benny D today, which team already eliminated will have the first <laughs> off-field incident? The Bulldogs. Yeah, I want to hear more about Speakergate. My yeah, by me way, too. So I, was, I was trying to find these speakers on eBay. I couldn't find them unsold or listed. I now I've had since then two suggestions from eBay to buy speakers. Fuck you, welcome Lewis. Get notifications now to buy <laughs> fucking speakers. I don't want a sound bar. Uh, Rough Billy, is the West Tigers team the least Moneyball organization on memory, in memory, or was Moneyball just throwing cash at guards <laughs> and wondering what went all wrong? <laughs> uh, the Dragons are running them close. In conclusion, money means money, and ball means yeah. ball. <laughs> well, there is money involved, and they throw a ball, Camper. So in, in a way, they're all doing Moneyball. Ben Quagliata, when you're at the supermarket and you pick up two half-price packets of biscuits instead of one full-price one... Do your money ball the poor cash register <laughs> teenager until their face is covered in your deranged spit. Every time. <laughs> money ball, I say, as I peg boxes of shapes at confused yeah. onlookers. Jazz <laughs> uh, Plus, in your opinion, what? How is that? Uh, How's he written this question? Should this uh, happen? What criteria should be used to decide right, yeah. if the team is relegated? <laughs> I think he means what should happen or I don't I don't know. which criteria, I don't. but yeah. Attendance, success, revenue, geographical location, other. Assuming your criteria is used, who moves? Um, uh, oversaturation of markets, a geographical location. Yeah, I think that's probably the most important one, right? If you're looking yeah. at this objectively. Yes, revenues on in a row looks out, obviously, but objectively, I'd say geographical location out of those options. And we're going to move the Tigers, right, fellas, from earlier? They got no uh, identity. Yeah, no identity. <laughs> yeah. Uh, ben Quagliata wants to know, Campo, what's the most you've ever lost on a coin toss? Well, the coin got here the same way you did. <laughs> Don't put it in your pocket. That's your lucky coin. Put it in your pocket, it just becomes another coin. Which it is. I love that movie so much. So good. Yeah. Everyone go home and watch No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Uh, RCB Sharks, who blew eight the most? Cronulla by losing four very winnable games against the Dogs, Broncos, Knights, and Warriors. To lose a four against Campbell at his last season or the Dragons with their dumb barbecue to lose eight in a row? Uh, I, think of those, I think of those three, I'd go Cronulla, Dragons, Canberra. Canberra didn't blow anything. They just like had a bad year. Whereas the Dragons were in a box seat until Barbecue Gate. And yeah, the, the Sharks had some of the dumbest losses of the season. Yeah. Uh, P also says, many people think, tell me they see a lot of David Peachy and Will Kennedy. I personally don't think they play the same at all. Well, I've, I not, I've, I've not seen Will Kennedy put the ball within one centimeter of the dead ball line when scoring a try. So, <laughs> Are they doing the lazy thing of indigenous fullback plus Sharks to a David Peachy? Man, wait till um, you hear uh, about the Latrell Mitchell comparisons that every <laughs> young indigenous 100%, 100% outside they are. Hundred percent they are, but also it's just very often that players yeah, at a club get too compared easy. to a yeah. great at the club. I remember, um, like, how many next remember, Peter Sterlings have there been? Like ten. I remember yeah. when Greg Inglis was first coming up. The comp- the comparison everyone had was was David Peachy, 
you know, just nothing like him. My God, yeah, nothing like him. Like, yeah, just a, what? Because he was a like skinny and indigenous. Fantastic. Mate, was, yeah, pretty it much. 2000, it was two thousand and five. It was a crazy time. It was. It was. The, it was before the Hey at Saturday incident. So racism was accepted <laughs> in society. <laughs> uh, Michael Darren thirty nine. Favorite sports arena anthem. What's a sports arena anthem? Uh, marching on together. Obviously, Campo would agree. But um, it's think um Ireland's calls right up there when Ireland's playing in a rugby union test. Um, oh, that's what we're talking about. Yes, yes. I think he's I think this question's been inspired by all the videos that have been making me very rueful of not being able to go outside over the weekend at like all the college football games in America. It's like Wisconsin did the jump around, yeah. uh VTech did the enter Sandman. Like all that not stuff. Gonna lie. So I thought a lot cool. of them sucked. Yeah, like, but some of them are cool. Like, no, because like, some are cool, but like I didn't feel any special compared. They always tweet those videos. I was in anticipation that, oh my God, the first game in years, the people are going to lose it. No, they didn't. <laughs> it was the same as always. Um, obviously, You'll Never Walk Alone is great. Um, yeah. And yeah, I mean, that's a lot. That's, that's, that's quite a few. The, the, worst is, um, claps, the worst is uh... God Bless America. Yes, in every game. Yeah. Well, no, because the anthem itself is bad enough, but then God Bless America is just like a different song that they play in like the seventh inning at baseball games. God yeah. America. Um, I'm, I'm with you. Anthems are terrible for the most part, except when they're not. The All Blacks, the New Zealand have a great anthem. South Africa's got a great anthem. Stick to the good anthems. France. Okay. Uh, ben Quagliata. How do you compare... Calvin Cambridge to the great Poi guys of this era. <laughs> Would you have you know, like, the likes yeah, of like CP3 Mike, and Curry? Like Mike sucks. I'm sorry. It is a bad movie. I do not enjoy it at all. The only good thing about it is Robert Foster is the washed up LA Knights coach. Rest of it, trash. Get it away from me. Well, you see, the thing is, I didn't watch that as a kid because it looked too lame for me, even as a child. I also have so, not seen it. I had to Google who that was. Oh, Pup's, so have, Pup's obsessed with it. It's one of his favorite movies. Pup, if you're listening, I hate that movie and I hate that you like it. You should fight him. Let's do it. We should I give him a bonus to see next time he does a recipe. Fights, I can win. Yep. <laughs> and then the last one on Discord, Mario Seigs asks us, what's your favorite ever scene from the 12th man? Um, uh, the, the one where, it, where, he, where, rap, where he does the Rab's voice and names the Warriors team. That's or the New Zealand test I team. see you too, Jerry. Jerry is incredible. Yeah, all time. Um, the crack cam on the final dig, that absolutely killed me. Um, when, he, when he's got Hansi Cronje on commentary trying to make bets with everyone. Um, <laughs> he was still alive at the time. It wasn't in bad taste. Um, yeah, 12th Man's good. It hasn't aged well, but you know what? what I has- haven't listened to it a long time. Neither have I. I'm kind of scared to. Yeah, anyway, over on to Twitter. We'll see if anything's worthwhile. If they're not, we just won't answer them. That's Maximum of one. Okay, we've, yeah, we've, been asked, um, we've been asked to fix the Tigers again. Sorry, not doing that. It, okay. Uh, basketball question from hypothetical uh, rugby leagues: Which mascots would you choose NRL teams in that movie style, and which team <laughs> are the beers? So, like, you'd have like the red fern syringes. The dogs. Yes, the dogs. Are, the dogs are the beers, surely. The no. dogs. Oh yes, the, the team with a heavily Muslim fan base is the beers. Great one, idiot. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> we're talking about the antics of the Canterbury team off yeah, the field. So this year, but, but whatever, man. What's no? They can't be the beers. Um, Milwaukee. How to speak San Francisco? <laughs> <laughs> Who are the Dallas felons? 
felons. They're the warriors now, aren't they? Yeah, that works. Um, there was us, and they've got it. Yeah. So, what are some other dumb names though? Like, so the Redfern syringes is great. Um, there's um, come on, come on, guys. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Be like the Melbourne, the Melbourne alleyways or something. Like the Canberra, the Canberra corruption. Oh no, that the works. Melbourne, the Melbourne flat whites. Oh, we invented the flat white. No yeah. one gives a fucking shit. Did they actually claim that as like something? Yes. Wow, we put milk yes. in coffee. We're fucking. Yeah, yeah. Oh, geniuses. did you invent that? Oh wow. <laughs> oh, okay. Um. Oh, you'd have like the. Oh, the the Gold Coast Sizzlers would have been great. Oh wow, Sizzlers is definitely a good one. Oh mate, they're they're the schoolies. It is terrible. The Gold Coast schoolies. Yeah, that's good. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, it'd be like the Canterbury Skylines or something like, something like that. Um, or the Canterbury WRXs or something. Um, the West Tigers identity. Yeah, the West Tigers identity. (laughs) <laughs> what was the, no, the, the Campo, the West Tigers have to be the mascot has to be something to do with the fast food alley. That stretch of road oh. in Lamia next to Campbell Stadium, which has like 12 fast food restaurants within five square meters. Oh god. What was that Stitzel place that Robbie Farrow had again? Oh, like a tiger. Like a tiger. <laughs> we reference like a tiger more than anyone, I think. Yeah. Well um, more than Robbie is there. Oh, maybe. Who are the cowboys? The the racism. <laughs> the racisms, okay. The North Queensland racisms, okay. Uh, yeah, that works. Campo, you got any yeah. others? He's he's gone. Have we lost him? We have lost him. Oh. I just looked up. He's not in the Zoom call anymore. <laughs> we'll just power through. Where did he All go? Right. Well, that was that was actually that was the end of the yeah. show anyway. So that is well, Campo's up to die people. So well, he's, he's he's not coming back. He's gone. But uh, why is he gone? I don't know. He's they'll tell you his laptop died. This is he just got a message. Oh right, okay. There we go. So he's gone, people. That's that's it. And this is like when Poochie dies. It just you know, out goes Campton, Nick Campton. Yep. I feel All right. I feel like we're missing one or two more for for these, but I feel like you're also starting to to to, to touch too many stereotype areas ourselves. Yep. Um, well, I mean, look, yeah. I'm, I mean, that's the whole point of the basketball team name. The Gold Coast Schoolies, I think, is probably the best one. The Schoolies, not the Strips. Yeah, strip and the strippers, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're done. All right. Fantastic. All right. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. Uh, thanks, Campo, if you're listening. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs> <laughs>